This episode of the Comic Book Pit is brought to you by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yay! Not really. But if you'd like to go... Yeah, sorry. But if you'd like to go see them play the Oakland Raiders this Sunday, we know someone who's trying to get rid of four tickets. Oh? Yeah. Just four? Just four. Oh, but not just any four tickets, Sean. These tickets are in section 519, row X. Like X-Men. X? Like X-Men? Exactly. Or extravagant? No, like X-Men. Oh. Yep. So if you uh, would be any interested at all in these tickets, uh, email us up there, comicbookpit at gmail.com. We'll get you connected with the fella trying to uh, unload them. Hot dog. On with the show. I guess it's not synonymous like Batman with no. Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Yeah, now Bill Finger. I, uh, I wonder if they're going to have like Bob Kane and Bill Finger or Bob Kane with. associated with Bill Finger. It, it, um, in this week's Robin, Son of Batman, it was the first book I think I have with that title. And it's oh, yeah. Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. Hey. It's, okay. Hey, yeah, you know what? It's let's, let's there. See if we can get that's, here. I would probably put it the other way around, but maybe not. Maybe the width works. You know, hey, it's better than not being there at all. I would have probably put and. And yeah, I probably would have said and too. But, but you know, I whatever width. I guess maybe that's how they got. Maybe that's how they kind of got around it. Like it doesn't sound like it's a joint effort. It still sounds like Bob Kane. Well, I think the history has dictated it was not a joint effort. It was all Bill Finger. And Bob yeah. Kane was like, I'll sign my name there, please. <laughs> now you draw this. I'm going to go dance with ladies. Yeah, because he had ghost artists. Yeah, he, he didn't do anything. He, he traced other comic strips when he did draw, or he just had ghost artists and writers do everything else. The only thing Bob Kane was really, really good at was having a, an attorney for a father who was business savvy. Yep. <laughs> and at rocking ascots. Yeah, he did do that. And you know what? Hey, say and what being you kind of like a, a pissy person, too, because yeah. was that one interview with Stan Lee? I think he went in and going in like how Jerry Robinson... Like, That's got to be an interesting one. Oh, you should see it. it so, was like, Bob, I get accused of stealing all the time, but you're the master of stealing. My voices are off, but I don't have voices. So I'm just going to find my own versions of these characters and just roll with that. Bob sounds more like this. He's like, well, I tell you, Stan. That's kind of bad. You like, well, I tell you, Stan. You just... Jerry thinks he, he created something awesome with Robin, but really all he did was just create some sort of card. I don't know what he's getting at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what, and what would Stan Lee sound like in this conversation? Hmm? Yeah, he'd probably sound like, um, (laughs) 
have the voice in my head. I'm trying to think of what he would say. No pressure, Sean Atkins. Uh, it's only the comic book pit episode number 223. Sean does voices. You're yeah. going to play all the rules tonight. Like, here you go. Excelsior. <laughs> there Let is. me tell you, Bob. This is what goes on. You got you got to do this and this and this and wave some hands around and poof. And then you take all the all the notes around the the column page and you put them in the in the word bubbles. That's what you do, Excelsior. <laughs> and then Bob Kane would say, "What? What's a word bubble?" There you go, Frost Nixon. Mm-mm. Sean Atkins, one man show. Lee Kane. At the Benedum this this Christmas, that's yep. what you need to be. Atkins one man show. Yep, that's right. Can't wait for it. What one Midwestern cartoonist presents his take on a discussion between two Titanic thieves of the comics industry? <laughs> Says the guy that was. Uh... Says the guy that stole from the Archies. Nice. No, I was going to say from you who was like defending Stanley. Of course, it was a debate. Yes. But... Eh, no one remember. That was the other show. No one listened to it, so I can I can well, maybe take a totally new stance here. I thought it was a very good episode. It, uh, you know, of I all still... the ones we did, it was called the Figure It Out podcast. You can still find it out on the internet. It was probably the best, and of course, it was like our tenth episode or something like that. So, and we peaked early and we crashed. Oh boy, howdy, did we! And now we rebounded by taking over the comic book pit, as people are probably are resigning themselves to right now. There's no Dang. There's no Duke. You're left You're with the down GMB in my team. basement. Yeah. They're doing whatever the Dangs and the Dukes do these days. In the basement in my house. But it's all good. Cause, uh, we got plenty to talk about this week, don't we, Sean Atkins? I think so. I know so. We have comic books. We have TV shows. Where should we begin? I don't know. I guess probably TV. TV shows. I didn't. I didn't watch The Flash, unfortunately. Mm. Well, uh, you did watch something though. You I did. Quite enthused about it. So let's not uh, damp that flame any longer. Let it burn. All right. Well, on my lunch break, I finally had a chance to watch the first episode of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And I have to say, it was awesome. Like, first episodes go, this was great. Like, from top to bottom, you catch up with Ash, like, 20, 30 years later. He's in a trailer, of course. And he's still this, like ho-hum type of human being he he doesn't have like riches or anything like that he's he's still a jerk and he still works at like a crappy job and he is great at it and it, of course it's like ash that's aged older <laughs> so he's so, gray in hair he has yeah. fake teeth um <laughs> he's definitely out of shape so ash in real time Ash in real time, and it's awesome. And it was, first episode was directed by Raimi, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Did it look cool? Did it look good? I mean, it has to be it good. It looks Sam great. Raimi. 
Like, it was great. Everything about the whole episode is just awesome. They set up the whole Deadites thing. They they caught up the audience in a pretty cool way. Um, Like, they, they explained the whole mythos of, you know, who Ash is, what's the evil dead, the Necronomicon, the whole nine. So if you never heard of the Evil Dead before this television show, what were you doing for the last thirty years? <laughs> it's possible. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him. I'm you, not. You know what? I actually ran into a, a friend at work, and I was I was gonna like squeal like a like a little girl and be like, "Oh my God, did you ever? Did you see Ash versus Evil Dead?" And he's like, "What's Evil Dead?" And I'm like, "Ah." You need to watch those movies. (laughs) You need to go watch those movies. You come back. I will tell you about the TV show. Say, friend, have you heard the good word? (laughs) Yeah. But basically, it catches up with Ash like 30 years later. And like I say, he lives in a trailer. And you find out how, like, the Evil Dead comes back. And it's like it's it it fits perfectly of who Ash is, who is just a dumbass through and through. Like he's a good guy, and you always want to root for him, but in the end, he's an asshole. You pardon my language. It's fine. <laughs> so the Evil Dead get called back when Ash and mysterious lady, like I guess a fling or a one night stand get high like they they're smoking pot in his trailer and she has like some sort of french poem a tattooed on her wrist and he's like you want to see something awesome and he pulls out the necronomicon and finds a page and starts reading the translation <laughs> and that's how the evil dead come back Hilarious. and i was just like of course that's that's how it would, of course, it would come back by him reading it. Wow, oh, hi. Yeah. Trying to yeah. impress a lady. The cool thing is they, they introduce it like they, like I remember reading uh, before the premiere that they're going to kind of treat Ash like he had like PTSD. Okay. Post traumatic stress disorder. Thank you. And I was like, Okay, I don't know how that will work, but we'll see. And they a did. Bit of a they, downer, bit of a downer. What was otherwise a fun franchise, no, but okay. It was. Uh, no, I mean, come on. The man traveled through time and back, and faced Evil Dead. I he mean, did. you, you got to be a little bit scarred. You can't just like go back to Smart and just work your nine to five and not think anything of it. But. Anyways, but they kind of treated that pretty well, and I like that. Like he he was starting to see it like in in the quieter moments, and um, I liked how they did that. And they they also brought in like a couple other characters in. That's what I wanted to ask. Is this like an Ash? Is this Ash's story, or is this like a torch passing type deal? So far, it seems like this is Ash's story. Okay. Like, it's Ash kind of, like, kind of living up to his destiny again. Like, he was running away from the evil dead. He was kind of, like, hiding out. 
I mean, he still kind of had a crappy job, but he didn't work at S-Mart anymore. He works at this place. He did work at the place called Value Stop. And um, it was kind of like him saying, okay, the evil dead is here. I got to be, you know, the hero. So, and, and I like that. That was actually kind of cool. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask if this was, um, if this show was in lieu of the proposed Evil Dead remake, only come to find out the Evil Dead remake came out two years ago. I think it was a reboot. I think it was like a hodgepodge. It was like what I was told. Like I didn't, I didn't watch the actual, the, the remake slash reboot. But, uh, funny enough, before I watched this, Hold on. Okay. That's better. That's okay. clear my throat. Uh, funny enough, before I watched it, uh, we had like a kid's Halloween party at my house. And I was, I ran into like a friend and he was telling me about like how uh, the Evil Dead, the newer Evil Dead was like a reboot retelling but it was also kind of like a sequel I see like, that I'm looking like at the they acknowledge that Ash and the gang went to this cabin like some odd years ago and you know told that tale I don't know how far they went I kind of doubt they went in like oh and this guy Ash went back in time and well, blah 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 per, Maybe the, they did. per the Wikipedia page Bruce Campbell does show up in a uncredited post credit cameo Cool. I might have to watch it just to see what he does. <laughs> and Wikipedia classifies it as a a reboot as well as a loose continuation of the series, which sounds like having your cake and eating it too. But whatever. Um, yeah. So here's what I know. Here I thought the show was uh, in exchange for that. Here it, that happened. I didn't realize that they made it. I think this is more like what they had plans for. Like, there was always talks about doing an Evil Dead 4 or, like, uh, Army of Darkness 2 or whatever you want to call it. Like comic books with this convoluted numbering. Yeah, because it was, like, Evil Dead and then Evil Dead 2 and then Army of Darkness. And then I heard, like, they were going to either make... I think it was, like, called Evil Dead 4. That'd be funny they called it Army of Darkness 4. Or Army of Darkness 2. Yeah. Leonard Part 6. Yeah. And uh, I think this was their ideas for that movie, and they just were able to, like, add more stuff, and then, you know, years pass on, so maybe they had, like, a new angle on it, because it was like, okay, well, Ash is 20, 30 years older now, and, you know, out of shape, and you can add that those type of layers to it. And I, to tell you the truth, it got me pumped for the second uh, episode. Unfortunately, I don't have stars. <laughs> That's yeah. So this pilot was like free online. Yeah, but it was like legitly legally free. Like you, you could go to stars dot com or stars whatever the channel their website is and watch it there. But subsequent episodes are stars only. I don't know. I just assume that's the case. I kind of doubt that they're going to release it free every week on their internet. 
right. site. I like that. I would, that would be nice, but I'm actually kind of crossing my fingers that they go to Netflix. Like I'm really, I'm, I'm sure Netflix. they will eventually. Well, I'm hoping only because I, I, when I found out that they were going to stars, I think that day I was going through Netflix and I was like, I wonder what kind of shows are on Netflix and see if like maybe they had any stars uh, programming and they had Spartacus, which I know was on stars and I think like blood of Spartacus or right, whatever the right, CPT yeah. show was sandals or something like that. Yeah. And as well as evil dead has been on Netflix a couple of times. I think like evil dead Two, maybe one. No, just two. Just two. Yeah. Fair enough. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well, that's that's promising. So hopefully, hopefully I can. I'm sure, man. They'd be silly not to, because like three people have stars, three trillion <laughs> people have Netflix. So if you want eyes on it, put it on Netflix. I mean, I get stars yeah. might have a little more bank. I think I forget who their corporate parents are, but they're, they they come from better stock, I think, than Netflix does for right now. Right now. Um, unrelated, going off script. Do you see the newest Jessica Jones trailer? How how new? The the like the full the most recent one that actually showed like plot and like an actual trailer, not just like teaser crap, but actual. This is what it is. Here's scenes from the show. And oh no, I think I saw it on Facebook, but I just kind of scrolled right past it. And I meant to watch it, and I just never did. Uh, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm already sold on it. Like, I don't know. They're going to do the purple man. Yeah, he's not purple, but I get it. You can't have everything in this world. Um, There's a lot of purple overtones. It would be kind of nice for for Marvel to kind of own up. Like, I I kind of wish they would take a little bit of a page out of uh, the Flash and Arrow. For that amazing segue, so we'll just kick right to it. You're right, because DC Television owns their dopiness in a big bad way. Yeah, it's like fun. They could like, do it if he was purple. And you're just like what? He's purple. Deal with it. You, you know, you don't question yeah, the guy like, with the hammer. You don't question. You know, goofy question Tony the Stark. guy that decides to throw a shield at people. Yeah, you gonna question? Come on, the tenth doctor. He has wings on his helmet. Oh, yeah, dude. Own Make it. him purple. I mean, Flash. The Flash did King Shark last week for like a hot I, second. I guess King I Shark costs a lot that. of money, so you can only do a little bit of King Shark. But that said, King Shark was on network TV. Oh, no, no. He was on primetime television. And there's a guy. Whatever. Here's King Shark. Um, you didn't see it this past week? I did not see it this past okay. week. I, um, I think we just completely forgot... I can discuss it. I, I All of a mean, sudden it was Tuesday. I'll discuss and... things that you know just by virtue of watching the previous episode and existing. One thing I thought was really cool and I think you really, really dig is we saw just a little bit more of Life on Earth 2. And Earth okay. 2, I think what you like is Earth 2 has this sort of like retro future feel going with it. Like it's got a lot of like 1940s type technology, like the dress and the look of the architecture and, like, the cameraman with their old-timey cameras. But in the same tip, we meet – and you saw him in the last week's episode, so this is not a spoiler. We meet Harrison Wells of Earth 2. 
We see Harry yeah, I, on. I think they. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I saw the episode with Harrison Wells, but they definitely did the the preview of like Harrison Wells is back and he's yeah. like, it's Earth Flash, Earth. I'm gonna help you or something yeah, like which that. Which was, which well, let's say like, so we see Harrison Wells in Earth too, and he's like introducing his new metahuman app, and it's like you know he's got like a little like smart watch that can detect metahumans and stuff. And I just loved how it was like, ooh, modern technology crossed with like an old timey vibe. And I was like, this is rad. Like, and it, and it makes it sort of like it honors those golden age heroes, hmm. the time like the time they were created in, and as well as sort of makes it make sense now. So like when it's all old timey and like forties looking, and then he's like. Debuting his new apps and like a cell phone and a smartwatch and stuff, uh, like this is cool. And I figured I thought that's something that would uh, tickle your fancy in a big bad way. Um, but yes, as has been alluded to, Harrison Wells of Earth Two has come to Earth One to uh, seek the aid and assist the Flash. And so now the acting this week was supreme. Supreme, like the, the chemistry is just off the chart. Like this cast has chemistry, we've all known that, no secret. But man, it is just on full display this week. Like, there's like a- more than uh, more than Joe having that heart to heart with his daughter, because that was that was pretty that was a pretty intense scene. And, that you know, was the guy um, teared up. I was like, yeah. holy crap, man, teared up. Holy they, smokes! They didn't plumb pathos. Okay. In, in with, but you saw just the fun chemistry was on display this week. There's a nice little quiet subplot that gets a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like there's like, all right, oh, dopey supervillains sort of get put on the back burner for character developing subplot action. You just put it right out on front street, which was just mm-hmm. hilarious and fantastic. And I, I loved how they could just take it and like, all right, fine, cool. We'll just slow it down. And have this moment that develops character relationships and lets the, you know, the cast intermingle with each other and just plays on their chemistry and not just, you know, being villain of the week. Look at this wacky Earth 2 villain that's crossed over. Bold move. Brave move. I don't mean to be puns there, but I just realized I did. Um, brave and bold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it really, I mean, just, I mean, like I said, this show, I, I bow down at its altar. It seems like every week nothing's changing there. My favorite show on television right now, hands down. Um, the stuff with these folks acclimating to dealing with uh, Harrison Wells again. And this Harrison Wells is not the same Harrison Wells. Which there's all some good jokes. There's like, well, that Harrison Wells really wasn't Harrison Wells either. That was Eobard Thornton. And, and it just plays up all the ridiculousness like so earnestly, but also acknowledges it at the same time. I mean, you know how the show is. This balances all this so definitely, it's fantastic. But yeah, that was some. It's cool to have Tom Cavanaugh back. He's got he's playing Harrison Wells again, but it's a different Harrison Wells. So he's got a different take on this character. And so this new character, like getting integrated with the cast and having to deal with all that history, was just uh, some mighty fine performances this week. Excellent cool. as usual. And then uh, they post in photos. Zoom shows up like. For real, next week, and they posted some photos online that show Zoom. Very cool. I have my own. I don't really get into the speculative spoilers or like think ahead, but one mm-hmm. thing 
that we've sort of learned even more so as we've seen, you know, the Adam Smasher had a doppelganger. Harrison Wells has a doppelganger. I wonder if, like, the rest, anyone else in the cast has a doppelganger, namely Barry. Is there a Barry Allen on Earth, too? Yeah, she's so, probably a janitor. <laughs> yeah, is he? Is he? Or I think, you know what, though? I think... Um, Could he be Zoom? Is what I'm out is, is he Zoom? Is Zoom? That would be cool. Like if he or is that too on the nose? Like, I don't know. Like, it could I think, be cool. It could just be, like, easy. I don't know what the answer is. I think one of the doppelgangers is, though, I think it's going to be, um, what was it, Caitlin Snow? Oh, yeah. Cause, well, we all know what happens to her character. Like, we know. Yeah, I I have a feeling was a that is how it's going to be. Like, that, that she's be. not going to turn evil. I think it's going to be her doppelganger that's going to cross it, over. There's going to be a line that they put in there that just, like, is foreshadowing <laughs> It's just right on Front Street foreshadowing. She has a line. It's like everyone knows what's going to happen. So she says a line. You're like, oh, like that's for the viewers. But yeah, uh, watch it this week. You won't be disappointed. And then you'll be like, oh, so maybe, maybe not. I don't know. All right, so I really don't like to think ahead and try and guess what they're doing. Um, I prefer just going for the ride with this one. Mm-hmm. So I love it. It's great. I wish the comic book was as good as the TV show. The comic <laughs> you stopped reading a comic a long time I, ago. No, I still get it, but I don't. I'm you know, in this <laughs> particular last most recent issue had uh, fill-ins, and mm-hmm. they were it was some rough-looking artwork. And it's oh. it's like, man, I just paid four dollars for amateur hour here, and I, I the right and then bad artwork just highlights the weak writing and it's like uh like do I really want to keep doing like this is this one felt like homework and I, and I ain't got no time for that got no time for homework yeah ain't no time for homework um not when it comes to the funny books funny books shouldn't be homework I wonder four bucks no which um speaking of funny books that weren't homework I got two here I got two DC books that I can discuss. Oh. What a coinkadink. So do I. Yeah. It's so funny. I was looking at that. Like the. Um, I was looking at my pool list from the last two weeks. Hmm. Five DC books, one image. No no house of ideas represented in any, in any of this. Hey, you're talking to the guy that constantly reads stuff from like. 30 years ago, yeah. so any book is, <laughs> that's from the last 10 years is a good thing. <laughs> um, let's see, which one do I want to start with? I read Prez. Prez, you know, Prez number five is a quick hit. Uh, we get more into, she's president now. You see more mm-hmm. interactions with uh, her and, like, captains of industry. And then we also get a cooler introduction subplot from this, like, robot War Sentinel, that seems to have gained sentience. Sentience? Sentience or sentience? Sentience. Sentience. That. And, uh, we're at issue five. I thought this was like six issues. But maybe it's going to keep going because they're sort of building things up. That looks like it could keep rolling. I don't see how this could just end next issue. I certainly don't want it to. But now, again, it's. Prez is probably the best. Maybe it's, uh, reading. the new CW show. And they don't want to end it quite oh yet. Oh my god, Sean Atkins. If Prez was the next like <laughs> CW show, 
I don't know what I would well, do. What, like I Zombie is. I don't. I haven't stuck with that one. I I haven't even want, bothered to watch it. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look good. Like I don't know. I guess when it comes to, if it's not the Flash, I mean, I, I guess I kind of stay away here, from here. crime drama. I um, like, I put Arrow on. Arrow was on TV last night here in this household. I I was in the other room, like half glancing up at it. I want to get into it, but I just can't. But meanwhile, Flash um, is like almost can't miss television for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like Steph loves the Arrow, and I and I try to watch it, and I don't know. I just some reason I just can't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't either. I'm just gonna. I wish I can. Like they had Constantine on last night. Is why I watched. All right. And Constantine, I guess we looks like he'll be back next week too. But I just I want to get into it, but it just doesn't grab me like the Flash did. See, I might have to watch that episode though, just to see that because I I did like that. that pilot of Constantine, and I meant to actually watch more of the episodes when they were on, but I just didn't. <laughs> yep, you and a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to say in that prez, I know we had been discussing this. I was discussing with like Dan uh, during previous issues. There's like this playful teasing to how it fits within the, the DC universe, mm-hmm. and there was a time where they were mentioning like Wayne Enterprises, and then we met the man that ran Wayne Enterprises and it was nowhere near Batman. Um, mm-hmm. There's a scene in this book where the Prez is on TV and they're showing the little scroll at the bottom and there seems to be allusions to Jimmy Olsen to a Burnside, which made me laugh because his Burnside degentrifies. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there seems to be an, a, a reference to Princess Diana. So huh. you know, they, they, they're playing it coy. I, I don't think anybody in a cape is going to show up in this book, and it would just destroy the tone of it if all of a sudden like Green Lantern showed up. Like it's doing just fine, like existing like in a post superhero DC universe. Cool. That yeah, I, I mean, if, assuming they even existed at all, who knows? It, it doesn't. It, Playing fast and loose with that. There's cute coy references that may or may not be them. And quite frankly, I guess it, if they were to show up, it would just take the air out of it. Like here's all of a sudden here's Justice League, and you're like, yeah. oh, uh, yeah, it's like this doesn't fit. Um, but if they were to come and turn like, yeah, they once was, and now they're gone. That that I could that I actually would enjoy. If there had to be any sort of like direct, we're answering this question, I'd go the route of. There once was, now there's not. The end. Oh. I like that one. Yeah. And then uh, in, in the uh, next up from the, the DC Comics, from the Vertigo line, was uh, this new wave of Vertigo books. Like the last week I mentioned that uh, Hernandez, Darwin Cook book. Um, and the next wave of this new line of Vertigo books was Art Ops. With art by... Mike Allred. So you knew I was buying it. It could have been the phone book. It was drawn by Mike Allred. I'm buying it. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure who the writer is. Let me look through the credits here. It was cool. The basic premise is there's like this secret 
like society of operatives that police the world of art. Sean Simon is the writer. Because like <laughs> art, like paintings and art is real. Uh, I was going to say, like, just these police people just, like, busting your door and be like, that's a tangent. You need to get rid of that now. It's a fine for $500. That book. Fix your tangents. If there was that book, it would have to be called Gatekeepers. <laughs> like, the scene opens up with this, like, team going into the Louvre, and they extract the Mona Lisa out of the painting. And she's, like, a real person. And, like, they use this, like, wacky-looking, like, technology. It's almost like a dimensional-type deal, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yank her out, and then she's, like, real. And then they, like, put a um, someone else in disguised as the Mona Lisa. Because it looks like people are, like, stealing artwork. And then we meet this one dude, and his mom's one of the art ops, and he's got a bad relationship with her. And he goes to buy drugs, and then, like, he's attacked by graffiti. And it's quite violent. It gets his arm ripped off. Like, splash page of just this monster ripping off this dude's arm. And it's no holding back. And then uh, that's when the art ops team shows up. And they replace his arm. And it just looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. It's just like squiggly lines of paint. It's like a super-powered arm. And it's fascinating. It's high concept. Really fascinating. There's a little mystery that leaves at the end. I mean, it's kind of that typical... Storyline, the fact that, oh, we have our protagonist, and he's got a strange relationship with this other character, and then conflict enters, and as a result, protagonist is drawn into a role that he's been resisting and will ultimately have to reconcile a relationship that is strained. I mean, that you can see that coming a mile away, but, you know, when, when you're going on a road trip, you know that the streets are going to be paved in asphalt. You can't complain there either. So I'll stick with it because it's all red. It looks fun. Looks interesting. Sounds fun. Yeah, and it's just you know what else is out there to read. Honestly, am I going to read the uh, all new, all different, all the same, astounding X Avengers? Yeah, yeah. I don't like. Is there? There is no Fantastic Four in that lineup whatsoever. No. That nope. just seems odd to me. Ben Grimm's a guardian of the galaxy, and the human torch is a uncanny and human. Huh. Yeah. What is the world coming to? First family. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. But you read something, too, right? I did. Actually, we're going to go back to D.C. <laughs> we never left. <laughs> First family? Nah, not quite. Although I do have like this one comic, pro- not a comic project, but uh, it's more of like a I'm bored at work project. I'm making a uh, brochure for Fantastic Four Industries. Just oh, yeah? For, yeah, just for giggles. What did they call there? Did they have a company? Yeah, I think it's called like Four Inc. or something. But I decided to take out that part and just put, call it, like, Fantastic Industries. Okay. I think it's, like, Fantastic Industries, Inc., I think I have. And then... You know, if they were Spanish, you could call it Fantastico, and then it would work on both levels. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) And uh, so I'm just 
making it like eight pages and then I'll probably put it together and staple it, but it'll probably just be a novelty item at my house or something. So <laughs> yeah, put it on your display at your tables. At yes, your because they'll they'll all fawn over that just like they did Mother Box. Exactly. Like what's Mother Box? I'm like, shut up, kid. <laughs> Anyways, I guess there's a, the I guess Mother Box is a deep cut. They haven't gotten to that on a, a CW show yet, so. I wish they would. I'm sorry. Fourth World just seems prime for a movie. I'd it's say like, give it just. A, I don't move. I, screw movie. Give me a TV show. Movie. I don't know. Gonna, like I think mean, see I, it like a a Star Wars type of level. You know. It's gonna be dark though, because the movies seem to be dark. And I mean, I I am a fan of Man of Steel, but I, Fourth World yeah. deserves CW melodrama treatment. That Greg Berlanti yeah. developed the the Fourth World. Yeah, those guys do pretty good, and they'd probably do it right. Although I admit, speaking of Greg, I did. Did you watch Supergirl this past week? I haven't yet. I've been hearing still more good things about it. And I completely I forgot play. it was a thing. Monday came and went. It was weird. Like Monday night, I'm sitting here like, man, why does something feel like I'm not doing something? And then like yesterday, I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't watch Supergirl. Oops. So. I did. I was like, I just went on that did show. Did you watch it though? No, I haven't watched it. I was like, I went on that program. Oh. <laughs> this program, and I was like, I'll stick with it, and then I was like, eh, forgot it even existed. I I forgot about it, too. I mean, I saw it, and I kind of want to get into it. For some reason, this week, I just haven't watched any of the normal television shows. Like, I still have to catch up on Doctor Who. Oh, that was a fun one. I was real fun, because it tied into the 50th and brought back the Zygons. And that whole, remember in the 50th anniversary episode, there were the Zygons invaded and then the doctors like forced them to come to a peace agreement. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the aftermath of that. Huh. All right. Yeah, they did seem kind of like in and out on that 50th anniversary. Yeah, they, that Zygon plot line was left dangling after the 50th or they, they address it in this episode. Okay. Sure. All right, well, back to focus. Yeah. I read some DC books, too. And actually, I batman up. Like, I just, I guess I loaded up on Batman this week. Sort of, kind of. Uh, I actually meant to talk about the other book. Well, I'll just focus. Uh, the first book I read was Batman Adventures. It was probably number one. I don't remember what the number was. It was actually a Halloween special free book that I imagine you can get like at comic shops, but I got mine on Comixology for free. And it was uh, an old comic series from the 90s based on the animated series, like their continuity and their design. And I have to say, it was pretty fun. It, it To me, it was... I don't know, like, it it didn't really live up to the animated series level, I felt. But generally, it was a pretty fun issue. I can't really go around the floor either. Involved the Penguin um, committing a bunch of heists. But he was doing it in a way that wasn't his method. Which also, he got the idea from Joker. Or at least Joker gave him the idea. He was like, here's your plan. This is what you should do. And 
Apparently Penguin thought it was a great idea to rob <laughs> like the simplest thing you would think of. So he get he robs these um rich people, like their banks, by just doing not penguin ish type things. So he would cut off like, you know, the the circuits to the security cameras. And make sure that uh, security guards didn't see him and just take the money. And then he would make all these contributions to, like, the arts and sciences. And he would kind of, like, leveled up society-wise until Batman figured it out and he boiled him. As Batman does. Yes. And it left on a cliffhanger because we... Don't know what Joker wanted out of the whole thing until like the very last panel where he's holding some roll of paper, which I don't know, could be anything. It said to be continued or the joint question mark. Yeah, it's a really big joint. (laughs) So penguin burns deep. I don't know. I don't know if I will try to track it down to see what happens. The art was meh. Like I, I have a lot of respect. I think it's by Rick Burchat, Kelly Puckett, and Ty Templeton. Thank you. <laughs> like I have a lot of respect for those guys, obviously, because I totally remember their names. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I don't know. Like I, I kind of feel like when comic books adapt animated stuff. They, I always feel like they always have to make it lighter, like color wise and, and. Are you talking like the, the actual tones of the color are lighter or the, yeah, the, the, like, the tones of the, the, the story is lighter in tone? No, the, the story seems like it would definitely fit into the animated series. Kinda. I just meant like lighter in art. Like everything is, like it seemed like, the animated series, they had a lot more shadows. I see. And they played mean. with shadows, and they played with a lot of things. The like, color is very flat. I did, yeah. I mean, there is some shading, but again, this was also early '90s, so that stuff hadn't. But I see what you mean. It is rather f- relatively flat coloring. But it's like in this one, it just seemed. Yeah, like they didn't seem like they played with shadows like they would have in the animated series, or it was a lot of full bodies and just eh. eh it was good. Me. Yeah, there's some spots passable. where it's like flats only, and then when they want to use shadowing for effect, they'll bust it out. Yeah, I'll be honest, so, I, not for nothing, and totally unrelated to what this program's about. Um, I, I'm actually kind of digging it because I'm not a fan of doing coloring. On the computer, so like just spilling paint and leaving flats. I, I'm like, I'm lazy. Screw it. It looks good. Good enough. Actually, I don't mind just having flat colors. I've actually thought about just going straight to that because I've seen some really good colors, and it's just mostly just solid color. You know, just flat colors. Like anything, it's I guess it's all in, in how it's used, whether it be stuff you make your own or stuff that's produced by, you know, a corporation. Yeah. But they do some. There is some interesting use of color 
choices in here, but I do see what I do see the where your gripes coming from. It just doesn't seem like the show was definitely much more um, textured. Yeah, that was animated. This is just a comic book. Just it was like could almost be a coloring book, except that someone just spilled exactly. It like I kind of wish they they remembered how to do comics <laughs> more. <laughs> like instead of trying to adapt it as the animated feel, like I wish they would have did more, like made it look more like the comic. Well, you know, than, I you you could um, strike that balance. It was stronger because I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Paul Tim, is it Paul Tim? Bruce Tim? I mean, I, I Bruce Tim. You. I created a hybrid of the two creators. Uh, that Bruce Tim style, without dumbing it down like it is for this. Well, that's the joke. Yeah, like a Darwin school. Cook. I think you said that. Like yeah, yeah. Darwin Cook and Bruce well, Tim. Well, not even then. You know what they I mean? Did yeah. Good. Yeah. There's a Tumblr page that's just devoted to those two. It's like Cook Tim or something like that. Yeah, I totally follow them. Yeah, <laughs> or follow it, and I just love it. Darwin Cook and Bruce, cooktim.tumblr.com. Yeah, I just, I, I devour it. I'm just like, wow, give me more. Yeah, treat your <laughs> eyes to some goodness. It's like those two know how to do comics. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they know how to tell a story. It, it tell it shows. It's amazing how they can, pretty much, it, it's, cause especially the Bruce Tim stuff, any character he can put in his style, like anybody. Like we talk about like Mike Allred drawing the phone book. Screw that. Let Bruce Tim draw the phone book. Uh, if he did Bruce more Tim comics. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I understand why not. There's, it's, it's a bigger payday and doing animation. And he does it really mm. well, so why not? But, uh, yeah, his, his, he's a talented individual. Agreed. <laughs> he's, so, he's doing a, um, a Dark Knight 3 variant cover. Did you see that? It's on that Tumblr page. What? Yeah, it's oh. like his Batman Dark Knightified. Dark. I send, I, now I have to look. Well, maybe you should look after this. Are we done here? Can we let these people go back to their lives? No. Not, yet. Not until I see this cover. You're in our world now, suckers. And they're like, no, we're not. Click. Um... <laughs> Any, any oh. announcements? Anything to, you're insistent on finding this, aren't you? I found it. Okay. Looks, cool. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I have one more comic, and oh. I'll probably make it quick so we can yeah. put a button in it. We're about to turn it into a pumpkin. Uh, so, like I said, I loaded up on Batman and Batman-type stuff. I actually read this a couple weeks back, and I meant to go on CBP, and tell about it, but well, I think it might have been during John the... Atkins, you're on CBP. <laughs> well, I meant to say about it earlier, but I think I think it was probably during Wizard World and all that other stuff, oh, and I forgot. And a while ago. Probably talked about Doctor Strange or something. Anyways, <clears throat> I actually um, earlier, even earlier in the comic book pit, I talked about Batgirls, the the new Batgirl uh, creative team, Babstar, uh, Cameron Stewart. Right. Their first issue, and 
I think I had like Luke feeling about it. Like I definitely would. I recall. Read more. You enjoyed it, but you didn't feel that it was for you. So you sort of felt like the old man at the kids' party. Yeah. Well, I saw on Comixology, Comixology is like my crack a little bit. It's like a, uh, yeah, it's just like my crack. Like I'll just see a blip saying, oh, you know, 60% off all batman books or something like that and i'm like oh okay so anyways i saw that type of sale and batgirl issues were like 99 cents and i was like all right so i finished the first arc of um batars and and uh cameron stewart's story arc which unfortunately i don't remember the title <laughs> did it have one i think it did it might have you know, maybe not, because it kind of went from title to title to title. Like the, it might have. I imagine the trade will probably have it. The Batgirl of Burnside. Probably, yeah, we'll say the, that. That's what the uh, the volume one trade is called per DC okay. Comics. So we'll go with that. Yeah, I like that. And um, the alliterative. I. I generally, I think I liked it, and I'm, I'm definitely gonna get more of it if it's still at the same cheaper price. Yeah. Uh, I definitely still feel like that old man at a kid's birthday party, or because <laughs> it's like they'll mention stuff. But I think as it went on, I kind of didn't feel like I felt more in the world, like I, I knew where they were coming from, and all this other stuff. And I kind of actually forgot that Barbara it was more of a like a tech head, like I, I never put two and two together. I, I mean, I did, but mm-hmm. I, I guess I just forgot that she knows her way around computers. Right, she's savvy. Um, I've only read one issue of the run. There was an issue a couple months ago where, when Jim Gordon was uh, Bat Chappy, it was like that first issue and sort of like where Gordon was telling Barbara that he was the new Batman. Um, I read that one. And was one and done on it. I too understood what everyone was coming from, like of our demographic. Like, mm, looks pretty, reads good, but I'm, I feel like I'm intruding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want them to have like rotary phones or anything like that. But no, no, no. I mean, it definitely felt like okay. This is this is definitely I'm not catching, for yeah, younger people. Yeah, yeah, but exactly, I'm not, I'm I, not who they're shooting for with this book. But then again, I kind of didn't feel like I, I had to run around, uh, run away from it because it was actually yeah. pretty fun, and I liked Barbara's character. Right, right. I, and, and I like how she's a bit of a, a mess up a little bit, and uh, there was a, a lot of good beats. I think there was yeah. like, um, if I can remember the one episode, uh, I think she faces off with like these, um, these. Asian motorcycle uh, ladies. I think they're called like the kamikazes or something like that. I for I kind of forgot, but it was just a good story. I liked it. Like it kind of culminates like we're like I guess someone's going after Batgirl's persona, and so every story or every uh, issue kind of was like going after her. There was like a bounty on her head or something like that. So. But 
like I said, I'm just going to go with like the overall feel. I generally liked it. I I probably will pick it up more. Or maybe I'll just wait till it goes in trades and rent it from the library. I was going to ask, in this um, uh, collection, whatever, you you binged on, was there the one-off issue from, there was like the, it wasn't within the actual Batgirl series, but it was like a one-shot that tied into like the Joker Endgame storyline? No. No? Oh, that was that. That, that was like a silent uh, issue. Think... That was drawn by someone else. Like, I'm probably going to mispronounce the name. It's, I believe it's a French cartoonist named... It looks like Bengal. But I don't know if it's pronounced like Bengal or Benny Gal or what have you. But uh, that one, I was like, holy crap, this is a really cool looking book. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, mis- I butchered the name on that. Uh, I think I stopped... I think it was like 35 to... 39? Yeah, and this was one, this wasn't even one of the actual issues. This was separate from the numbering. That was, it was like a silent issue. It was so good. Um, hell of a cartoonist. And, and then for a hot second there, I was had like all those issues like in my hand. I'm like, that's a lot of money to spend, take a chance on a book, but they're all right here. And then I was like, eh, I don't, I have bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so I let it go. But yeah, it 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 does look cool. It was good, it's like art I wise. Would like to get into, but you know, there's only so much money to go around and so much time to read them. It's, I'd uh, probably, if I was you, I'd probably just go to your neighborhood library and just read it there. That's I probably that's the will. ticket to bust out an antiquated catchphrase. But I definitely uh. Nice. <laughs> I. That's why it's a train of thought. We get that reference. <laughs> well, anyway, the the art, the art was definitely solid. I loved Babstar. I like her artwork. Her her artwork got better and better and better. And yeah, that's why I'll probably stick around. So. Cool. Yeah. <sighs> well, I think we can wind it down this week, can we not? Yeah. I think we talked about it a lot of stuff. It was it was hardy. Mm-hmm. The episode of Comic Book Pit. Um, you you gonna be anywhere where the people can come see your doodles and buy your works or engage with you in some sort of fashion? Uh, at work between eight and five Monday to can Friday. Can do that? Can we just show up to your place of employment? No, you can't show up to my place of employment. I mean, I guess you could. Specifically for the role of like, I was listening to this <laughs> podcast and the guy said I could come here and like hang out with him. I'm here for that. And people are like, again? <laughs> I will tell you, go uh, home. He's in the back. Let's go. I will probably tell you to go home. I have work to do and bills to pay. <laughs> and then stop lying. Um, no, me neither. I'm not. I think picks is the next thing. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I mean, if people want to find me on Facebook, I'll talk. The Pix train has left the station. Um, yeah. Sl- April second, people. Yeah, it's coming. Exhibitors are rolling in. Spotlights are being posted on the interwebs. 
I and again, I go first I because I, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we'll just end it here. We're rambling. This has been the Comic Book Pit, episode number 223. I'm Jared. And I'm Sean, Master of Something Arts, Something, Something, Mystic Dark Arts, Something. Master of Set Photos. We'll talk about it next time. A bunch of like Benedict Cumberbatch set photos just came out like in the past two days. It's crazy. I totally I meant to check that out, and I was like, oh, they're probably just going to have them as scarf. No, no, not, anyway, that's what that for. Good stuff. Music playing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>